Just a heads up that this conversation includes a mention of suicide, self-harm and drug use. If you need immediate support, please call Lifeline on 131114. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples can also access the Yarning Safe and Strong Counselling Service on 1800 959 563. Right now, one of the biggest concerns for leaders in the social sector is the well-being of their staff. From pro bono news and top five movement, this is the Leading Generous Teams podcast, and I'm Claire Desira. As the founder of the top five movement, I've worked with thousands of leaders across 40 countries, and I've seen how challenging it is to lead teams at the best of times, let alone right now. COVID-19 has had a seismic impact on the social sector, and this is taking its toll on the people working in it. So this show is dedicated to you, generous leaders who recognise that the resilience, mindset and mental health of your teams has never been more important. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. And if you can't wait to start building your team's resilience with our free tools, head on over to top5movement.com forward slash tools to get started. And of course, for all of your social sector news, head on over to probonoaustralia.com.au. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leading Generous Teams. Our guest today is the wonderful Michael Graham, CEO of VARS, the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service. Hi, Michael. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I know that since a teenager, you've been involved in and around Aboriginal affairs and organisations. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, no worries. I I guess my first job was with uh, the Victorian Aboriginal Education um, which is a community control organisation as well. And uh, I think I was about 17 there and I did a couple of weeks volunteer. So I think they did a bit of a test on me first to see if I was reliable. And um, yeah, after a couple of weeks, I was offered a traineeship and um, sort of been in Aboriginal affairs in, in one sector or another ever since. Um, so that was 17 and I'm 50 this year. So it's, it's been a little while. And look, before that, you know, obviously my family was heavily involved uh, in Aboriginal organisations and community control and, and also um, you know, some of the, the activist errors as, as well. So it's been a long journey. Um, I've worked in Aboriginal education. Um, I worked with um, Aboriginal Youth Sport and Rec in, in relation to the, the Fitzroy Stars Gym. I worked in Aboriginal Childcare Agency. I've worked at Aboriginal Legal Service. These are all Victorian organisations. How incredible. I bet across all of those roles and, like you said, that long journey, you would have some stories to tell. Definitely, definitely have some stories. Um, and I won't go into them because some of them aren't always the best. But but ever since I've started and even before I started, when I would attend you know, some of the the uh, community meetings with with my parents or grandparents, you know, it saddens me to say that, you know, a lot of the times we hear the same things being said over and over again. That's the saddest part of it all. But that's not to say we haven't made some um, progress either. So there has been progress, but there's still a long way to go. 
Yeah, of course. Now, um, VARS, the organisation that you head up now, has been providing a range of medical, dental and social services for over 40 years for your community. I can't imagine what leading a health organisation is like at any time, let alone during a pandemic. Um, How has COVID changed the way that your team works? I guess, you know, being a community-controlled organisation, you know, first thing we do is we're we're like a big family and um, I've got uh, around about 100 Aboriginal staff and they're all connected to families throughout Victoria mostly but also across Australia and it doesn't matter if you're black or white when you come to VARS, you're considered part of the family because you're looking after the Aboriginal health of our people. So um, everything we do is what you would do for your own family in your own home. And it's just that we've got some experts in certain areas and, and people with the resources to be able to, to back that up as well. Now, what we've found as soon as COVID hit was we kind of went into protective mode straight away. And I can remember listening to Scott Morrison on a media conference that he was doing. And I was listening to it in my office and I walked straight out of my office, pointed to two of my staff and said, okay, you two, you're going to have to go home and we'll probably have to work from home, but we'll sort that out later. I just need you to look after yourselves, pack up your stuff and head home. And then from that moment, spoke with managers about other staff that would need to do the same. And so basically we went from two clinical areas, in one in Fitzroy, one in Epping, we had a, a part clinic area in our Preston office, which was where I sat, the administration sat as well, as well as all of our mental health team. And we also have a, a rehab centre for youth down in Hastings. But the, the Preston site that I sat at, we pretty much closed up. Uh, the clinical area wasn't big enough uh, to keep open and, and be able to um, utilise. And so all of those people who were working in there, which, as I said, was mostly the administration team, but also the the mental health and drug and alcohol counsellors basically went home and started to work either from home or they would utilise the two clinic sites. Now, to do that, you have to make a lot of phone calls, a lot of video calls. Um, And one of the messages that was asked, went out straight away to staff was, call all your clients, check on their wellbeing, And this is what you're going to have to do pretty much weekly. We never knew how long COVID would last at that stage. We just knew that we had to protect our community and and our staff involved as well. Mm. And so there's been a lot of telehealth and video health consults. There's been a lot of wellbeing checks. And Funny enough, we actually do more meetings now than we've ever done. And I think that's due to the the video conferencing that's around nowadays. So when you're doing all your reports as well as trying to do all these wellbeing checks and on top of that, look after yourself through COVID, um, it's quite demanding on staff. And I'm finding that I have a lot of staff that that are tired uh, fatigued is a word that gets used quite often. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of uh, staff who fit in the categories of um, high risk. So they're, they're either Aboriginal and 50 years over or they have um, chronic illnesses 
before the, the Commonwealth announced sending out masks, um, we'd already ordered a couple of thousand masks that we've sent out to our community as well. So there, there's been a bit of that work and I sit on more committee meetings now than I've ever sat on before. I feel like I'm on you know, four or five a day of these Zoom meetings or Teams meetings. And I'm hearing a lot about a lot of Aboriginal workers feeling fatigued. I did ask them, I said, do they use the employment assistance program, the EAP program that's offered in most departments and organisations? And the response I got was that it's hard to talk to somebody on the other line who doesn't understand the history of Aboriginal trauma on top of the trauma that they get from being at work and going through COVID at the same time. And so they have to tell a whole story to explain that, and they don't want to. And so we decided, and, and this happened, I, I guess, from being approached by VACA, the Victorian Aboriginal Childcare Agency, about how we could support the Aboriginal workers there. We, we eventually developed an Aboriginal EAP program and so now we have a, a fully developed Aboriginal EAP program that is looking after all of our staff and all of VACA's Aboriginal staff. And it's getting a lot of interest from other Aboriginal workers and organisations across the state. That's incredible. So Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. There might be people listening as well that work in organisations that, that could potentially access something like that as well. So thank you for sharing that and thank you for your leadership in that space. That's just incredible. We, we don't often talk about ourselves too much and it's it's even hard just to hear you say anything, you know, because, you know, we're just brought up to do what we have to do, look after each other and that's it. You don't think about if you've done a good job or not, you just, you're just doing what you can to help the next person beside you, you know. Mm. Um, talking about you for a second if we could I'd love to understand how do you look after your own uh, mental health well-being and resilience and keep on going I guess what I do is I just keep going until I get to the stage where I can't think anymore and as soon as I realize that I can't think I'll contact my um, my board um, particularly my chair and I'll say look I need a couple of days off just to have a break. I'm going to turn off my emails, I'm going to turn off everything. Um, and then I'll, I'll ask my uh, second in charge to look after things while I'm gone. And that, that's about all I can do at the moment. You know, the funny thing was um, the week before COVID actually hit us, uh, my wife and I had decided that we was going to do a bit of a road trip. And we was either going to travel to Perth or um, up to Cairns. We hadn't decided you know we we generally don't plan our holidays that well we just like to get up and go and so we needed to um, upgrade our caravan to go so it would make the trip so we got ourselves a, a, a new caravan and we thought we we're all deadly on that ready to go and then um, we tested it out at a, at a local camp spot to make sure that you know we had everything right COVID hit and then for the next uh, I think probably month and a half it sat out the front uh, on the road we got a couple of complaints for it being there oh. but, um, <laughs> that that was sort of going to be my holiday time and never got to have it and so ever since I've just been um, just taking a couple of days off here and there 
last month was a tough one. There was five deaths in our community and, and some of them were very close to me. Most of them were very close in one way or another, including a suicide. And mm. uh, that's a, that one sort of hit me a bit harder, the, those deaths. Um, mentally, I'm usually pretty strong and physically I'm not as strong as I used to be, but I'm not too bad. But um, emotionally, is it just got to me. And um, I asked for a couple of days off and when it was ready to come back to work, I said to the boss, I said, look, I need a little bit longer. And so I, I took that extra week, um, come back and things have been okay since. But um, I, I do the same with my staff, with my managers. I say, look, if you need a couple of days off, you just take them. Don't worry about the leave stuff. Don't worry about anything else. Got to look after you, look after your family. And when you're healthy, you can help the rest of our mob to be healthy. But if you're unhealthy, you're not going to be able to help much. It's such a strong message, isn't it, to remind you that you're stronger when you're able to look after yourself as well. Yeah, that's right. And it's been hard for everybody too because in Melbourne, because our families are dispersed across all of the area, we're not sort of... We're not like, say, in the Northern Territory where, you, where they've locked them up in their communities, basically, and said nobody's allowed to come in or, or anything like that. But in Melbourne, because you're dispersed so much, you really only have who's in your house, and that's it. Yeah. And so when you want your support networks or, or your social gatherings, we can't do that anymore. At the moment, we're just locked in our house, and all we have is a video screen to look at and talk to our family through that. Now, I've raised... 10 kids, two of them are foster kids. And one of them, you know, she's self-harmed and, and used ice and things like that. And what we would normally do to support that person has been very difficult because they don't live at home. And so that, that support mechanism is very hard and it, it puts a lot of pressure just on us, let alone, you know, everybody else who's going through similar things. And And because of the vicarious stress and trauma that we carry for each other, everybody's feeling heavy-hearted and the mental health stuff has been really severe for our people through this. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I I can't imagine how um, disconnected you must be feeling to some of your family at the moment. So thank you for sharing that with us. And, yeah, we wish you and your family the greatest health as well. Michael, I'd love to ask you, what are your hopes for your team as we start to hopefully navigate things and things are easing a little bit in Melbourne? What What are your hopes for your team moving forward? I don't know if I really need to say this, but I hope they recognise just how important that they are. And, you know, as, as I said, we don't talk about ourselves too much and not too many other people do. We, we just go along doing our business. And I, I want my people, my, my staff, my family to understand just how important that they are to each other and to the community as a whole and to see the difference that has been made uh, for Aboriginal people in this country in regards to COVID, to see how well we've done it is a testament to our connection to each other and being able to get the message out and look after each other even from being locked up in four walls, we're still being able to maintain that connection and look after as much as we possibly can and get that information. 
I just want our people to see that, to see how good they are, how deadly they are, to be able to do that. I, I don't know if it's true, but I did read somewhere last month that the Aboriginal people of Australia have done better through COVID than any other race or nationality across the world. And to me, that's a testament to what the way we look after each other. And I hope that our people see that. I hope they recognise that. And I hope other people recognise that too. Wow. It's, thank you for sharing that. It's just such a sign of strength of that connection, even when you have spread out that connection and that understanding and is still there and how much that actually means. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. I know we've caught you between board meetings and committees and all of the wonderful ways that you um, bring your beliefs and the change that you're trying to, to make to life. So we really are grateful for your time and I know the listeners are going to learn a lot from you. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you very much for having me, Claire. You can find out more about the incredible work of the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service at vahs.org.au and in particular the Yarning Safe and Strong Service. Yarning Safe and Strong is the free and confidential counselling service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. This service is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week for people and families who need to have a yarn with someone about their well-being. The number is one 800 959 563. And of course, if you need immediate support, you can call Lifeline 2 on 131114. We'll include all of those numbers and links in the show notes as well. Well, there you have it, everybody. Another incredibly committed leader, Michael Graham. What a privilege to spend some time with. Just to call out some of the examples and the messages and the way that Michael's leading during this time. Adaptability, of course, springs to mind straight away. He was tuned into the latest information from the sources of truth and took a really proactive and protective take on leadership and looking after his team or his family, as he so beautifully calls them. Uh, He also, of course, spoke with his other leaders and got them all on the same page as early as possible so that they could continue to look after themselves but also look after their clients as well. Like many of our other leaders, Michael's leadership has taken on different formats during this time and he's been reaching out in new ways to his team and encouraging them to reach out to their clients in new ways. So lots of really proactive wellbeing check-ins, whether that be via phone or Zoom or Teams meetings, taking that time to really connect and encourage with the team and their clients and community in new ways has been something that is also really important to his leadership too. Something that really stood out for me from the conversation with Michael as well is how in tune he is to knowing what he needs and also that incredible relationship that he's created with his chairman to be able to call them and say, I need some time out. And look, some of us work and work and work to the point where we need to actually take that time out and block a time out and everybody's really different. And that seems to be Michael's preferred way to to operate. And it's incredible. It's by no accident that he is able to make those phone calls and take that time out. It's because he's actually one built the team to be able to support that time, but also he's created that trust and he's been able to really communicate openly and ask for what he needs as well. So often we can hope that other people are going to 
um, read the clues that we're putting out and weave it all together in some amazing solution. Uh, but often it takes an ask to be able to actually communicate to other people what we need at any one time. By doing that, of course, he's also role modeling to his team that they can also ask for what they need to. And Michael talked about this and the importance of his team all looking after themselves and keeping themselves as strong as they can so that they can really play that important role in their communities. And so not only by saying that is he giving them permission to ask, but also by role modeling that himself, it sends a really consistent and really valuable and important message too. So connection has been a big theme of this conversation, connecting with your team in new ways, connecting with those around you. And importantly as well, it's actually reminding us, I think, to express in whatever way works for us or works for you to let the important people in your life know how much they mean to you. It's always worth taking time to do. So today I want to leave you with a couple of reflection questions. The first is how are you creating that connection in your team? And again, just creating that space. How are you listening, creating those spaces to listen, not just creating spaces with an agenda that really organizes that time, but how are you creating that space to connect? And also, of course, how are you letting the people who are important to you know that they are as well? I think it's a really important reminder for us. That's all for today. Please take care of yourself. Look out for another bonus episode that we'll be dropping on Friday with some practical tips and expansions on the conversations we've been having. Oh, and just one more thing. If you've been really enjoying these themes around resilience and mindset, then next week I'll be running a webinar with the Pro Bono Australia team discussing how you can future-proof your team with change mindset and resilience skills. To find out more about this opportunity, head over to probonoaustralia.com.au forward slash education. We might see you there. As we wrap, I want to say a big thank you to all of the generous leaders and their teams out there making a difference in our world, especially right now. I'd like to say thank you to the people of the Kulin Nation from the country where this podcast is produced. And of course, I want to say thank you to you, our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. And if you're looking for some tools to get started with straight away, we've got some for you. Head over to top 5 Movement dot com forward slash tools for the latest social sector news head over to probonoaustralia.com.au and for now we're wishing you the strongest mental health mindset and resilience as you head into the rest of your day have a good one